from a top secret network of highly secure locations across South Texas. This is the Spurs Insider, the podcast whose true value lies in its real plus minus. I am Mike Finger, the Express News, joined as usual by sports editor Nick Talbot, beat writer Tom Orsborne, and the available on the trading block but impossible to move Jeff McDonald. Jeff, as someone who um, has been tried to, to, to be moved by his employer for a long time um, and still sticks around, what do you think of LaMarcus Aldridge? Is he going to be able to be traded or, or is, is the Spurs just going to have to uh, – are the Spurs just going to have to go to the buyout market here? Well, I just want to back up and ask, what is fake plus minus? Like if there's real foot plus minus, what is the fake version? There are there are varying uh, versions of plus minus. Some more real than others. Oh, so and, it's like the news, right? And so much like Patty Mills, who is the king of real plus minus, the Spurs insider doesn't mess with the fake plus minus. It's the real plus minus. So glad we could clarify that. This is yeah, become a regular feature of the podcast where I explain things to you. Hope that explanation works. Now let's move on to Lamarcus Aldridge. Marcus Aldridge, what was your question again? I forgot. Is is he going to be traded, or the Spurs just going to buy him out? I mean, it's almost they'd love to trade him. Like clearly, you'd like to get something rather than nothing, but it's mechanically difficult just because of the size of the contract and the um, low number of teams with with cap space, meaning that that that. Most teams that want to trade for them are going to have to put together a package of actual players and contracts to move for him, and just all of that, all of that makes it difficult. And and the teams that that do possibly want him, such as Miami, or Philadelphia, or maybe even Portland, uh, might might sense that if you just wait out, you could get him on the free agent market. So you know the buyout market. So I I think there's a little bit of a game of a chicken going on right now, where uh, the teams that want him are trying to figure out if it's worth um, giving up assets for um, before he hits the, the trademark, uh, the, the buyout market. But if he does hit the buyout market, then it's kind of a free for all, and you can't trade for him anymore. So I think there's a game of chicken going on right now. We can back up a little bit. Our last podcast was, I believe, recorded the day before um, the Spurs second half opener, in which. Greg Popovich um, scooped all the NBA reporters on the LaMarcus Aldridge news, um, the news that LaMarcus was not with the team on that uh, opening road trip of the second half. He was not going to play for the Spurs again. They, they mutually agreed to um, to kind of separate um, after five and a half years. And, and Tom, you can jump in here if you want. Just to, I know this seems like ancient news now, but – your reaction to the uh, just the idea that LaMarcus Aldridge was not going to be a spur anymore? Well, first of all, I'm holding out for a change of heart. Really? Uh, I, I, I like I like LaMarcus, and uh, we came in together. You know, I came in – his first year with the team was my first year backing up Jeff McDonald. Similar contracts, if I remember, and, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel like, and it much hoopla <laughs> around it too. Yeah, so I feel a kinship. Uh, I feel a kinship toward uh-huh. LA, but in all seriousness, I really liked him. I I just enjoyed 
I just enjoyed yeah. the guy. So, but yeah, that was, uh, it wasn't a shocker. Um, but like you said, pop scooped everyone. Um, but it, there were telltale signs of it, um, you know, that, that were pointing toward that direction. Uh, so it wasn't really uh, a huge shock, but, uh, the team seems to have adapted, you know, that they, they, they seem to have found, you know, life after LaMarcus to be okay. I mean, they're, they miss him as a teammate, but, um, you know, Joachim and, uh, his backup drew Eubanks, uh, seem to be settling into a groove and, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, it's strange not having them around. And as you pointed out in your column, Mike, you know, it's strange not right. waiting him out <laughs> to come in after, after games to talk to us. But, um, you know, life goes on. These guys know it's a business decision. And as DeJounte Murray pointed out, it's, um, you know, he, he's really close with LaMarcus, but he pointed out it's, it's good for both parties and, and he understands it and he's going to miss the, the big fella. But my, 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 dealings with, my dealing with LaMarcus, my dealings with LaMarcus go back to his time at UT um, when I covered his sophomore season there. My first year covering the, the Horns was LaMarcus' sophomore season. And then, you know, flash forward to 2015 when they sign him, I wasn't at the uh, big hoopla signing day presser because I was in Vegas covering summer league. So the first time I saw him as a spur, he was doing some sort of uh, like um, thing at the Boys and Girls Club uh, for HEB, giving out back to school backpacks that September. And so I, uh, I went and I said, hey, you remember me? He said, yeah, of course I remember you, but your hair is different. And I'm like, yeah, I know what that means. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think the – I mean, this has been probably run over to death uh, over the past week, but it's still important, I think, to point out um, – that this is not a Spurs fire sale. This is not a a move that says, oh, the Spurs are giving up the guy who's made the most all-star teams uh, for the Spurs on their current team. They must be rebuilding. Um, I think that was the reaction of some casual type observers who haven't been paying attention to what's been going on with this team for the past couple of years. And it's a uh, I guess it's an understandable reaction, but the truth is, and this is, I too enjoyed LaMarcus Aldridge. I thought that um, he was probably underrated in terms of what he brought to the team in the past few years. Um, people, the expectations were probably way too high. Um, I thought he was a, a good interview. I thought he was a good, I mean, he was the best player on the floor for a lot of his time in San Antonio and kept them competitive was um, I think people forget how good he was in some of those playoff series. But um, the truth is they have been better this year with him not on the floor than with him on the floor. And that moving on from LaMarcus Aldridge, as crazy as it seems, he's made three all-star teams with the Spurs, um, probably makes them better. And um, I just think that that's a, that's a facet of this that um, – kind of needs to be hammered home and that this does not mean the Spurs are any less likely to be pushing for a playoff bid this year. Um, it's, it's just something that he, right. he, as Tom alluded to earlier, um, it, the writing was on the wall. They were playing a style of basketball where he didn't totally fit. And I think another part that goes into it is as long as he was around, there was going to be 
kind of um, uh, sense of indecision or, or anticipation of when he was finally going to leave. And this kind of gets that over with. They are who they are. I think Jeff wrote that this week at some point. Um, this is their team, and they can kind of be that team the rest of the way. I think they could have used him coming off the bench if he was willing to, to play that role. Like I think he, he could have he could have contributed. Um, and uh, you know, especially you watch Jakob Pertl limp off last night, thinking, "Oh, what if he's sprained an ankle?" And now they have nobody taller than six eight on their entire roster. Like he'd have been, Lamarcus would have been a nice guy to to keep around. But if he doesn't want to come off the bench, there's no use enforcing it. So I, I think right. at that point. Um, but what's interesting to me is wherever he goes from here. He's going to be going coming off the bench. I mean, I don't think any of these teams that are looking to trade or sign him are looking at him as as a starter for their team. They're look, they're looking at him to bolster their bench for some sort of postseason run. So I, I I don't know if he's accepted that yet, or if that's really hit home yet, or what his what his state is. He you know we haven't really we haven't talked to him. Hopefully, we will get to hear from him whenever he is uh, traded to a new team or signs with a new team because I'd be interested to know his. Um, thoughts on all this i think a couple of he deserves to be happy as dejante said i think yes that's true a couple of points on that um first of all he might not realize that whoever trades for him is going to bring him off the bench i think he'll he'll get that eventually but it might be easier for him to accept that on a team that's higher up in the standings that has that reasonable chance of uh, winning that title that he's never won. And um, he's also a free agent this summer and he's thinking about his next deal and maybe another situation um, is more conducive to kind of him showing off some of the skills uh, that he might need to show off to get that next deal. So I do think every time there's a, breakup between a team and a player like LaMarcus. Um, everybody tries to paint it as a mutual decision, quote unquote. And a lot of times that's a bunch of baloney. I think in this case, both sides did want it. And uh, uh, it, it could turn out well for everyone. He, he doesn't um, need advice from, from a dumb sports writer like me, but I would look at um, Carmelo Anthony as both a cautionary tale and a whatever the opposite of a cautionary tale is, because it took Carmelo a couple of years to realize he was a bench player now going from being a high scoring all-star yeah. to he had to go through Oklahoma city and Houston and was out of the league and nobody wanted him. Nobody wanted him until Portland took a flyer on him. And now he's, he's playing well off the bench in Portland for a team that uh, it maybe isn't a, a title contender, but is a definitely a, a fun playoff team and um, seems to be enjoying himself. So if, if I could give LaMarcus advice, he doesn't need, um, I might look at Carmelo and kind of his path as, as for guidance. And he did um, make an effort to sort of reinvent himself yeah, even during yeah, for sure. with the Spurs over the past couple of years. After after years of saying he was going to shoot more three-pointers the past year and a half, I guess, um, he really did. Um, it, it's still that, – that unit just didn't look the same with him spreading the floor as it did with – you know, all world, all NBA center, Yaka Pirtle being that garbage man in the middle of it. It, it just, it just didn't fit the same way, but he, he did make the effort to, to embrace modern basketball. And I think that will pay off for him as, at his next stop. I agree. I guess. Yeah. 
Yeah. Go ahead, Tom. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's going to be. I think he's going to be just fine. I think he will adapt. I thought. I thought. I thought that would be the situation here. I was wrong, but I, I think he's going to be okay. He's, yeah, he's he's a smart guy, and like Jeff said, he doesn't need advice from us. But I think that in the right situation, I think he'll flourish. I could have ended that little soliloquy on Lamarcus by saying, "Cool," the way he should have. <laughs> cool. The way he <laughs> often ended his yeah. uh, his interviews with us in the locker room and we were allowed in the locker room. Um, that was his way of saying he was, he was done. That was, he's done when he says, cool. It was good. I enjoyed LaMarcus. That was his 30. Yeah. Um, I've, I've been told that one of the keys to podcasting is to be, uh, is, is to say something controversial or like just throw stuff out there. Like you don't need to, to go, um, uh, with the usual standards of, of, of like being responsible. So we, we could like wildly speculate and, and lead to like the, this podcast is just going through the roof in terms of ratings. I think the Nielsen, uh, people with Nielsen boxes, the Nielsen boxes, uh, keep track of podcasts. I'm not sure who knows. I don't know. I think, I but, think for us it's, it's just, does, uh, does Leslie Nielsen like it? That's right. That's our Nielsen Leslie rating. Nielsen. We're, we're, Shout out to Leslie Nielsen. We're rivaling, yes. we're, we're rivaling Megan and Harry interview. Yes. <laughs> yes. Last week when, when Ringo was gone, we missed you last week. But how, how did you enjoy your, your respite from the Spurs beat? Were, are you refreshed? Oh, it's, yeah, it was great. Went up to Mart, Mart, uh-huh. Texas, little town outside of Waco. And, um, you know, a lot of cattle up there, a lot uh-huh. of goats and, very peaceful. No Wi-Fi. You know, no TV. You deserve that. It's just very, very peaceful. Just uh, me and my wife and our dog strolling down Texas Avenue, checking out all the uh, big sites and uh, e- eateries. Glad, glad you got rested up for the second Which, half. We we we, we yeah. dearly missed you last week. But one thing that did come up on that podcast, thank you, was. Uh, this new feature where where we explain things to Jeff. It's called I think the feature is called Does Jeff Know, um, and and where we throw things out there to, to find out if if Jeff can explain. Jeff things. knows. So does knows. Jeff know what the Oprah, Prince Harry, Meghan Markle interview is all about? I didn't watch it, but I saw the memes. Okay. So like could, you, could you Oprah, explain Oprah, Oprah making the making could you the explain the newsworthiness of it? In oh yeah, in it turns tw- out that the, uh, that the royal family of Great Britain uh, might be virulent racist. <laughs> Shocking. Yes. Je- the answer to this week's "Does Jeff know?" is yes. Jeff I mean, knows. I know That's things exactly that happen right. in the news. I don't know things that like uh, like I know things that, that happen in the news. I don't know things okay. like. Uh, that happened in terms of like NBA, uh, anything top shot. Yeah, wow. no idea. But we talked to Devin Vassell about that last night, and I had to pretend like I knew. I was glad that we had that segment last week because someone else. Brought <laughs> oh, up Devin Vassell like, mentioned NBA top shot. Someone else brought it up to Devin Vassell, and I knew what was going on, so I could follow up on that on that question. Because like of last week's Does Jeff Know segment, you were prepared, so this helps this, you do this your does job. Does a service? Yes, this does a service. Okay, well that's good. We're gonna keep this. Um, we're going to keep this segment going and maybe the people, the viewers out there, and I realize they're not viewers as a podcast, but um, the listeners out there can can send in suggestions for Does Jeff Know? This could be a big <laughs> part of our 
soaring ratings. But what I was getting to with the throwing stuff out there is we might as well talk about um, some LaMarcus Aldridge trades. And there's no inside info on this, but I do want to kind of spell out, as, as Jeff mentioned at the very beginning, it's hard to, to trade LaMarcus Aldridge. He makes $24 million. You got to match, in most cases, salary. They need to take at least $19 million back from most teams. But in my mind, there are a couple different versions of a LaMarcus Aldridge trade, if a trade even happens. I still think it's a distinct possibility that it doesn't happen and they end up just buying him out and he goes away for nothing. And that, that would be that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. You have that cap space. But the the versions of a possible Lamarcus Aldridge trade are first of all, you 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 take back somebody's somebody else's expiring um one year contracts that uh that you don't even have any long term use for. You basically just trade contract for contract, retain your cap space, and maybe get like a second round pick out of it. And the 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 version of this deal that I threw out there, and it's unlikely, like it's highly it's silly, highly unlikely to happen. But you do something with like a Philadelphia, and you and and this works if you trade Lamarcus to Philadelphia for Danny Green's expiring contract and Mike Scottson's expiring contract, and neither of those. We'd love to have Danny Green back as an interview, and I think he'd fit into the system. Neither one of those are are are, are players that are going to make the Spurs immensely better, and they aren't. They don't fit into the long term future. But maybe you 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 get somebody usable for the rest of the year, and if Philly throws in like a second round pick, that would be a huge win. Okay, that's that's version A of a trade. Version B of a trade is the completely different approach. And that is you use LaMarcus's contract to take back somebody from a bad team um, that that is signed for several years in the future. And that's how you use your cap space as the Spurs. An example of this is, um, and this is unlikely to happen, but let's say you're Orlando, who's not having a very good year. They have a they have several guys signed to contracts for the foreseeable future for a couple of years at least, whether it's like Nikola Vucevic or Aaron Gordon or on down the line. And you you say, okay, we'll give you LaMarcus. You can have his expiring contract. That allows you to get rid of this contract that you don't want anymore. And the Spurs fit one of those forwards into your, into your cap space for next year because the Spurs might not sign anybody anyway this 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 summer so but in that case the spurs to make it worth like orlando's while would have to throw in draft picks of their own does any of that appeal to any of you do 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 you do you like any of those trades that i have mentioned you know the danny green um yeah he wouldn't fit in long term but just for this one season with this uh-huh. one team I, I like I like him being out of the team. He makes he makes a a, a good defensive yeah. team even better. Uh, stretches the, the floor. The problem there is the Sixers don't uh, aren't aren't yeah. inclined to do that. <laughs> uh, that like, right, right. The people who yeah. criticize I threw that out there, and the people were criticizing it from the Spurs point of view. To me, that's a slam dunk for the, the Spurs. Mm-hmm. Do it without a doubt. 
it's the Sixers. Why, why did the Sixers mm-hmm. do that when they already have, you know, Embiid's yeah. not going to be hurt forever. They have Dwight Howard, what have you. So you have to look at it from all these trades mm-hmm. and look at it from both teams' point of view. But I think you're right, Tom. Spurs would do that in a heartbeat. Oh. I think when you threw that out there, Finger, I think Embiid's status was still up in the air. And it made the, the trade made a lot more sense when his status was up in the air. Now now that it's they got a little more clarity there, it, it doesn't quite fit for the for the Sixers as well. But, yeah, it looks great for the Spurs. But there's a lot of trades out there that you can throw out there or there are people throwing out there on the internet that look great for the Spurs, but not so much right. for the other team, which is, you know, always the question when we're, you're playing with the NBA trade machine or whatever a device you're using on the internet to create these trades and with the salary cap. The, uh, the, the other version of a trade is, is to use one of the teams that actually have the cap space, whether it's the Celtics uh, trade exception or the Knicks have some cap space, but neither of those teams have any use for Marcus Aldridge. Like you can just kind of nip that in the bud and say, LaMarcus isn't going to be traded to Boston or New York. Um, yeah. So the, uh, I think I mentioned to this Jeff, to Jeff at some point this week um, <laughs> and to talking to some other people who cover the league and they're kind of pitching this as a, as a avenue for the Spurs to take. Um, and I'm not sure if I explained this totally well, but the situation is this, this summer, if LaMarcus is gone, the Spurs and, and DeMar DeRozan's contract expires, Rudy Gay's, Trey Lyles, what have you. Um, the Spurs could have $50 million in cap space, but there's no obvious target for them to spend it on. So, um, I mean, you look at the at the list of of free agents this summer. Not many of the big names um, are a all that attractive, or b all that likely to end up with the Spurs. So, the other approach with Lamarcus would be to find some uh, add a player who's already signed for a few years and fit them into your cap space long term. And I don't like these deals, but um, someone mentioned to me, like, like an, as an example of this, the, the Sacramento idea of Buddy Heald is signed for three years and 60 million. Um, Harrison Barnes is signed for a couple of years. I don't, I don't really like either of those players for the Spurs, but that would be a way, that would be an approach to take. Um, I think you'd have to throw in, uh, um, a pick or, or some kind of other kind of asset to get a player like Harrison Barnes. You definitely would have to throw in stuff to get, Uchevic from um, Orlando. Um, but yeah, I, I still just think it, 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 it's, it's hard. Jeff. Yeah, that one's, that one's a lot tougher. The, I know a lot of Spurs fans, of course, probably want Vucevic from Orlando, but you have to throw in a lot to get him. You're talking multiple picks, Lonnie Walker, you know, you're a couple, maybe one of your, or two of your young guys. Um, and then, you know, and then the other trade you you mentioned there with Sacramento, uh, maybe that's more likely because they need to reset a little bit. But or maybe an Aaron Gordon is more realistic because you don't have to send back much to get Aaron Gordon because it doesn't seem like Orlando wants to move forward with him either. But they still have him, so maybe that's a little uh, more likely. Or an Evan Fournier, how do you say it's Fournier? And uh, Fournier, there we go. Can't, I can't speak French. Tony Parker would be disappointed. Um, but, you know, those two those two guys would be a little bit more. I don't know how Fournier works. Fournier works with uh, – I can't say it today. Um, works works at all with uh, with the Spurs. Uh, Aaron Gordon could, but I don't know if he adds 
a lot more. So even those trades, nothing looks great. That's kind of the problem when you're composing any of these things. Nothing really looks great for the Spurs. Nothing really looks great in free agency either. So it's 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 just kind of a tough situation on how they want to spend that cap. It's going to be interesting. I mean, they can Imagine. throw a deal out of John Collins, um, but he's restricted, so you never know what's going to happen. John Collins so. is the is the long, 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 long shot uh, deal that I actually really the one that I love right now. Um, I don't see any way Atlanta does it, but. You can trade. He's a, he's a, going to be a restricted free agent for the Hawks. He's having a great year. He plays a position um, in power forward. He's a he's a he's a big man that can play fast and shoot. He's sort of exactly what the Spurs need. If you wait for him to get on the free agent market this summer, he's going to be restricted. So whichever team he's on will be able to match. But the Hawks are kind of willing to let him go. Right now. And this, there's no inside information here. I'm not breaking any news. But if the Spurs would make that trade for Collins right now to where he's your restricted free agent, I'd throw in a first-round pick. I'd throw in um, some good stuff to the Hawks to trade, to trade for, Lamar, for John Collins right now and then have him be your free agent signing this summer. But I, I, th- I think that's a long shot. Yeah, I don't. I don't see. I don't know. I just don't see him parting with the young, any yeah. of the young core. I. I. Yeah. I just don't think that would go over well. And and it's too early. Uh, you know, Lonnie. I, I'd, I'd hang on to him. <laughs> you know. That's, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I disagree with Tom. For John Collins, I think you part with Lonnie Walker. I mean, that's. <laughs> I. If they if they ask for Derek White, I might see what the summer holds but they if they if they say Lonnie Walker that's something I think I would do uh just because I think John Collins there's no question John Collins is a superior player to almost any of the young guys except for Keldon Johnson the issue with uh the Uh, issue with John Collins can be an all-star I don't I don't I don't know I don't think Lonnie Walker may or may not be an all-star one day depending on how many games you win Really hard to make an all-star team in San Antonio, apparently. So the issue with uh, all the young guys that Spurs have um, is they all kind of fit the same profile, um, and it's like it, they've done a great job of collecting these long, athletic wing players, um, guards over the past several drafts. I mean, they've drafted well, but um, you look at the list. You go to Jante Murray, Derek White, Lonnie Walker. Devin Vassell, Keldon Johnson, that's five guys right there who probably aren't all going to start together. And would you love to keep them together forever? Yes, that'd be great. But I think eventually you're going to have – one of them is if, – if they if they all continue to blossom as they have, like uh, you're not going to be able to pay everybody. You're not going to be able to play everybody. So if you ever cash in or able to cash in on one of those four – Someone who plays a different position is something to consider. We're not trying to get rid of any of these guys right now. But um, I think in terms of roster management, and I also think like because the Spurs have drafted so well in the past five drafts, um, future first-round picks probably are becoming more expendable. Like you keep needing to add more first-round picks to this group – or do you, do you cash those in for somebody who's more more established? We'll see. Jeff's been quiet for a while. 
Did Jeff go and watch that think, Megan and Harry? Uh, I'm, I'm back. Yeah. The royal family yeah. is racist. Uh-huh. <laughs> Allegedly, I think we should. Oh, man. Like we don't want to get sued by the royal family. Yeah, I think according to Meghan Markle, they have done some. That there, there may have been some racist things said, but we don't want to make any broad pronouncements that get us, uh, you know, in trouble with the FCC. Um, we haven't really talked about the basketball itself, and we'll finish with that in the in the closing minutes here. Um, the past week, they went two and two. Um, coming out of the all-star break. And I think that's pretty reasonable. They were, there were, there was one really bad loss, a couple of big wins. Um, they seem to be settling into what they're going to be. And, uh, um, what are we, what, what, what are we looking at this week? It's Chicago on Wednesday, uh, Cleveland on Friday, Milwaukee on Saturday, those first two aren't great teams, but these uh, these miles are starting to probably add up on them and, and will over the, the next couple of months, right? Yeah, it, it's it's uh, just, like just this week, five games and seven nights, and then the, the road trip's over, and you still play every other night. Like it just never ends. Um, so that's why it's it never ends. the road goes on forever. Is a song I heard mm-hmm. once. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> And yeah, the, the teams like, and it's it's why you got to win the ones you can. And so I would say the since our last podcast, the Spurs have kind of done a good. I know they got bombed in Philadelphia, even without uh-huh. Embiid, but you expect them to lose that game. Beating Orlando uh-huh. at home and and uh, winning uh, winning at uh, wherever they were last night, Detroit. Um, those are that's doing that's that's doing your work. So you got to win the ones you can win and. Yeah, Chicago's Chicago's better than they have been, and Cleveland's better than they have been. But those are those are games you got to win too. Spurs lost at both those places last year, by the way. Chicago and Cleveland, tight games. Cleveland was Cleveland was my last um, my last game in an arena, a, a packed arena. Actually, that was a that was a year and a week ago. It was an overtime thriller. Yeah. Um. Get to see Bryn Forbes on Saturday. He'll be good. That'll be good. Podcast listeners will love seeing him again. By the way, if you're going to get bombed in a game, you want it to be the first night of a back-to-back. Like it's the perfect night to get bombed. Because then everybody rests. You come back the next day and you can bomb someone else, which is what they did with the Pistons. Drew Eubanks gets his Um, career high. Like it's great. Everything worked out in Philadelphia except except for the final score. Still think – it was nice for them to get the win on the back of back too. Still think, um, in terms of the the prognosis, the the prospects for postseason, it, they're they're kind of where they have been. Um, haven't really done much to improve or um, fall back in their position. I still think they're going to be uh, competitive for those seven through ten spots for sure. That's probably where you're gonna finish up the years in that in that play in tournament. And I think that's fine. Um just see how it develops. Um as always we like to finish on a on a positive note and um just I, I think I want to focus on the fact that these these next couple of months could be wearying and tough, but I love that Tom Ringo Star Orsborne was able to get a lot of rest and and to and to to get in touch with nature and to to really get a mind reset for all this and i think that that's an inspiration for the rest of us to uh 
to get outside, take a look at what's great and take care of each other and keep it real. <laughs>